number 22 today, very familiar passage about Abraham offering his son. We're a couple of weeks from Father's Day, and uh, I've been studying some of the great fathers of the Bible, uh, Joseph, Jesus' dad, earthly dad, uh, and some of the other ones, and I keep going back to Abraham and the faith that was on display in this chapter is amazing. And so today, before we read the passage, let me ask you a question. Where's your faith today? Examine your heart today and ask yourself an honest question. How strong is my faith? Because what we're going to see in this passage today is faith can be all over the board. Probably, truth be known, everyone in this room has a different level of faith. And, and we're going to look at that today and ask yourself that. And I, I don't know about you, but I want God to grow my faith. Amen? I, I want more faith than I have now down the road. I, I want to mature in my faith. And, and I think that's actually required by God uh, for us to do that. And, and we see in the life of Abraham in this chapter, really the, the key to the message today, in this chapter we see perfected faith. Mature faith, complete faith. But it don't just happen. You can't just get up and say, God, I want perfect faith today. You see, faith has to be tested. It's got to be tried. you got to go through some stuff. Is anybody going through some stuff today? Amen? you, you got to go through some stuff for God to grow your faith. And man, Abraham went through some stuff. And when we get to chapter 22, he is ready for this test. And this is the test above all tests. Let's read the passage in verse 1, Genesis 22. The Bible says, And it came to pass after these things, the stuff, that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the place which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder in worship, and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And they went both of them together. And Isaac spoke unto Abraham his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood... But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. 
And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. A tremendous, familiar passage of faith. And, And let me just say this. I don't have that kind of faith. Amen? That's a level of faith that I know nothing of. I believe God's growing my faith. I believe in in this process of life. My faith has grown, has matured some over the years, but I'm not there. I'll humbly say that today. This is a level of faith that I know nothing of, but he didn't just get there. Your foundational thoughts, and I'll try to stick to this the best I can, church. Uh, Number one, just a couple of good foundational thoughts about faith. In Hebrews eleven six, it says this, Without faith, it is what? It is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Before we dive into this story of Abraham and Isaac, we've got to understand that without faith, we're not going to be able to please God with our life. I just mentioned earlier, we were created to bring God pleasure. Well, i got news for you. If we don't have growing faith in our life, we can't please Him. It doesn't say that it's difficult to please God without faith. It doesn't say that it's challenging to please God if you do not have faith in your life. No, the Bible says it's impossible to please God. We're not going to please God if we don't have growing faith in our life. So God, give us faith. And we're going to really dive into what faith really means today. Because I think we may have a, a jaded definition of what it really means. Your second foundational thought is this in Luke 17 verse 5 the Bible says this the disciples said to the Lord increase our faith and so right there we see that the guys that traveled on the earth with Jesus that that walked the hills of Jerusalem and Samaria and Galilee the guys that saw the miracles that saw Jesus raise people from the dead the guys that were with him said, Lord, we need more faith. And so I know I do, amen? I know I need more faith. And the Bible also teaches us there, when they said increase our faith, I believe the Bible's teaching us there that there's all kinds of different levels of faith. So where are you at today? Before we dive into the story today, if you were given an honest assessment of your faith today, what would you say? Would you say your faith is shallow, immature, Would you say your faith is in growth mode? Hey, maybe, I don't know, but maybe there's someone in here that could say their faith is perfected. That that they're where Abraham was. I'm not. I'd like to be there, amen? Wouldn't you like to get there, church? Wouldn't you like, hey, wouldn't you like to get to a place in your life where where you truly trusted God no matter what's going on in your life? I'm not there yet. I'm working on it. Trying to get there. Working hard. But I'm not there yet. But where are you today? Because I think truth is, we're probably all at kind of a different spot in our faith life. So how did Abraham 
get to the place where he was willing to offer his son as a sacrifice. How did he get there? You know, that, that, that's my thought looking at this passage. Is How do you get to this point? Well, you can't just get there. It takes some stuff. I mentioned that earlier, and that's what I want to look at today, how he got there. The Bible says in this chapter that Abraham had a mature faith. There's no doubt. This amazing account of Abraham offering his son as a burnt offering, there's a lot of things that go through my mind. Number one is, how in the world do you get there? Number two is, our reaction probably would have been, God, I I can't do that. Lord, why would God even ask me to do that? Amen? God, why? Have you ever said, God, why? Have you ever said, God, why me? God, why are you asking, why are you putting me through this? Why are you asking me to do that? But we don't see that in this chapter from Abraham. But that's my thought. Now, I've thought about murdering my kids a few times, amen. <laughs> Let me just get that out of the way. But I promise you there was nothing spiritual about it, amen. But I've definitely thought about killing my kids. Just go ahead and put that in the video or the tape, amen. Everybody love that. <clears throat> but there was nothing spiritual about it. But here we find a man spiritually ready to offer his son. There's no doubt in my mind that Isaac was his pride and joy. He even mentioned in verse 2 that that he loved his son. It's unbearable to think about what he could have been going through or what you and I would have thought. But the fact is, we're not just dealing with any man. We're talking about Abraham, a man that was called the friend of God. A man that communed with God audibly. A man that God established the Abrahamic covenant with. A man that even though he would make mistakes, and we all make mistakes, amen, church? We all fail. We all make mistakes. We all have problems, all of us, just like Abraham did, and we'll look at some of those. But even though he had those, God grew his faith. He fulfilled the Abrahamic covenant. And God promised him, Abraham, if you'll be obedient, I'll make a great nation out of you. A nation that the sand of the sea and the stars of the sky would not be able to contain. Abraham, I'll do things in your life. I'll bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And that still reigns true today. Amen, church? You can say what you want, but God blesses those who bless Israel. And God curses those who curse Israel. And that will never change. The Abrahamic covenant is still alive and well today. In America, hey... One thing I'm thankful for today is we've befriended Israel again. Amen. Hallelujah for that. God promised Abraham back in chapter 17, he changed his name from Abram to Abraham. That was the chapter where Abraham said, Lord, no matter what, I'm going to follow you. Every Christian in this room has to get to a point in their life where they fully surrender for God to do great things in your life with faith. Abraham had to get to that point too. And God said, hey, this is a new beginning. I'm going to change your name, Abraham. And your seed will never die. Abraham said, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to stay on course. I'm going to plow through the problems of life. And I'm going to serve you, God. I'm going to give you my life. And I'm never going to look back. And God said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to pour out blessings from heaven. And I'm going to make your name great. And we're still talking about him today, amen? God keeps his promises, don't he? 
Yes, he does. And Abraham knew that. Abraham committed himself to pleasing God with his life because without faith it's impossible to please God. We've already seen that. So here we see obedience in his life. We see commitment. We see a drive by Abraham for God to take his faith to a new level. Hey, church, would you like for God to take your faith to a new level? I know I would. I know I would. God was able to perform this in this life a vessel of faith. Today we see in chapter 22 the ultimate test of Abraham's faith as God asked him to sacrifice his son as a burnt offering. And I got news for you, Abraham was ready for the test. He was ready. Because of the faith that had been built in his life, he was ready. I said this earlier, and before we get into the first point, let me say this. Faith has to be built over time. It takes time to build great faith. And so, y'all tell me, something that takes a long time to do, what does that require us to have? Patience. It's going to be very difficult for you to have great levels of faith in your life without patience. I've got some patience. I'm not the most patient person, but I'm not the least patient. Some of y'all have great patience. My mother had great patience. Man, there was, there was nine of us growing up in our house. And I just, I don't remember my mama losing it much. Amen. Now, some of y'all, if you had seven kids and you hugged, some of y'all, just to be honest, y'all would lose it a lot. Amen. <laughs> but I don't remember that happening much around Mimi. I just, I just remember her having patience. Or maybe she was like a zombie or something. I don't know. But it seemed like she had patience. But I think you got to have it to have great faith. So how did Abraham get this faith? Well, in your points, we're going to start at number one. Abraham's faith had a foundation. It had a foundation. One of the reasons Abraham was ready for this test in chapter 22 was because of the foundation that God had built in his life over time. It takes time. Some of us today just need to slow down and allow the things that come into our life, good and bad, and we see good and bad in Abraham's life, you have good things and bad things in your life. I have good things and bad things in my life. Hey, life's about mountains and valleys, isn't it, church? Hey, you're either on the mountain today, or you're in the valley, or you're on the way up, or you're on the way down, but that's what life's about. And it's going to be those who decide to follow Christ, to stay focused, hey, to plow through that have great faith. But maybe someone in here is ready to throw in the towel. Maybe someone's saying, I've had enough of church. I've had enough of this show. Hey, maybe some today are saying, my faith is not strong enough. I'm telling you to hang in there. It takes time. It took time for Abraham. What we'll see is this, this test that came to Abraham in chapter 22 was built the previous 10 chapters. It didn't just happen. If you go back to chapter 12, we see one of the things we see that was amazing about Abraham was even though he faltered at times, and we'll look at some of that, for the most part, Abraham was good at obeying God. Obedience, listen, I think your next point, the faith that Abraham had in this chapter was built on obedience to God. I still believe today that if you want great faith in your life, a mature level of faith, a perfected level of faith, 
It's going to start with you and I just obeying God. Amen? Hey, church, just doing what God tells you to do. Hey, just living by the precepts of this book. I know that's old-fashioned preaching, but it still works. Hey, I'm talking about, hey, you can't live any way you want to and have great faith for God. You can't go anywhere you want to and decide to have faith for God. You can't hang around certain people and decide to have great faith for God. It still takes some separation. It still takes you and I making the right choices. If you really want great faith in your life, it's going to take an obedient life to God. You say, how obedient was Abraham? Well, in chapter 12, God said, Abraham, I want you to leave Haran. I want you to leave your father. I want you to leave your family. You can take your wife and your kids, but I I want you to leave the rest of your family, and I want you to go. And God didn't even tell him where to go. God just said, I want you to leave. And the Bible says in the next verse that Abraham departed, that he packed up his things and he left. With With his first, really, demonstration of great faith, Abraham just took God at his word. Hey, you and I will do a lot better in our Christian life, church, if we'll quit trying to figure things out and just start taking God at his word. Amen? Just take him at his word. Just believe what he says. Just claim it and trust it. God told Abraham to leave the Ur of the Chaldees, to leave Haran, and Abraham departed, and he left his kindred. He left his distant kin. He told him to leave, and he left immediately. He told him to leave his comfort zone so he could grow his faith. He didn't even tell him where to go. And I would say the lesson for you and I today in 21st century Christianity is most of the time, listen to me, if you want to have great faith, you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. Abraham, God knew this. God knew that Mount Moriah was coming. He knew that Mount Moriah was coming and he said, I can't leave him. I can't leave him in Haran and get him to Mount Moriah where he needs a higher level of faith if he stays there. Can't do it. I got to get him out of there. And so God got him out of his comfort zone. There may be some in here today. God's trying to get you out of your comfort zone. I'm telling you, that next level of faith is going to be when you get out of your security zone and start trusting God. Because as long as you're in your comfort zone, you don't really need God. As long as everything's good in your life and you're comfortable, comfortable is really a dangerous place for a believer. We need to get to a place to where we need God every day. Amen? Where we depend on God every day. He had to get Abraham out of the Ur of the Chaldees so he could get him to Mount Moriah. Some of y'all need to just get out of your comfort zone. Seven years ago, we moved here. We had been here when we're doing our 25th anniversary next Sunday. We were here early, then we left. Seven years ago, we moved back. And you say, Brother Butch, why did y'all move back? I was pastoring. Of course, I still had my full-time job. My kids were fairly young, all of them at the point, except for our oldest was, was fairly young. You say, why did y'all leave? Why did y'all? Because I still commute today. I mean, I got like a 700-mile commute every week. Hey, Amen. it's crazy. Why would you do that? Well, I'm going to tell you why we did it, because I felt led to do it. Amen. I felt like God wanted me to do this. And initially I thought, man, this is crazy. Why would I, why would I leave and come to Hot Springs when I've, I've got it good? God's letting me pastor a church. Got a good job. 
But all I can tell you is in my prayer life, God began to say, you need to move. You need to obey. Hey, let me tell you something this morning. And by the way, a lot of people said, what are you doing? Why would you, why would you do that? A good test, if it don't make sense, if people wonder why you're doing if people think you've lost your mind, you're probably right on track with your faith. Amen? You're probably right on track with your faith. If you're doing something and people say, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? If you can't explain it and you really don't know how to answer it, except God's calling me, hey, it's a pretty good sign that it's God. And so there's a good test for you folks that, that are wondering about your faith. Abraham obeyed God. He left his homeland. Later we see in chapter, I believe it's 13. Again, we're going back. How did he get the faith he needed on Mount Moriah? Well, he obeyed God. God told him to leave, and he left. Later on, we find that he took his nephew Lot with him. The Bible says he loved Lot, that he loved him. He loved Lot like his own son. And, and, and their herds got too big. The Bible says the work, the cattle and the, the herdsmen, it got so big that there started to be tension. And God told Abraham, he said, Abraham, I, I need you to leave Lot. I need you to leave him. And you know what he did? He obeyed. He told him to leave his homeland and he obeyed without question. He told him to leave the nephew that he loved and he obeyed without question. And we see every time Abraham obeyed God without question, every time we see immediate obedience, we see his faith grow. There's something to this thing of immediate obedience and growing faith. I think delayed obedience to God stunts our faith sometimes. Amen? I believe that. Abraham went to the altar and, and the herdmen of Lot and Abraham and the flocks had become so great that he told Lot he had to leave. He even let Lot choose where he wanted to go. He said, you go one way and I'll go the other way. And we all know the story. Lot chose the well-watered plains and Abraham chose Canaan. There's a whole other message there. Lot chose with his eyes, but Abraham chose with his heart. We'll do a lot better in life if we learn to make our choices with our heart and not our eyes. That's how his faith grew. Man, his faith was growing. Man, he stepped out by faith, didn't know where he was going, and God grew his faith. He loved old Lot. Man, they were close. He loved him. That was his nephew. God said, you got to leave him. He left him. Man, his faith was growing again. Hey, there's another, there's another lesson there. The foundation of Abraham's faith would be built as he separated himself from Lot and the later sinful influences. We all, all know what happened. He fell into sin. I mean, it got ugly. And, and the point is this. God may have to separate you from some things to grow your faith. There may be some things in your life God says, hey, if you really want to have perfected faith, then I've got to pull you away from some things. We just heard that, that he loved Lot. This was a good thing. There may even be some things in your life that you think are good that God says don't need to be there. Amen? We think of sinful things. But there may be things that may not necessarily be evil, but they're things that are holding your faith back. And Lot would have done that. God knew that. God knew I'll never get him to Mount Moriah as long as Lot's with him. I'll never get him to Mount Moriah as long as he stays in Haran. 
I'll never get him to Mount Moriah as long as he hangs around with his nephew Lot because ultimately Lot would fall into sin. What is it today that God needs to separate you from? Then what else happened? Well, God said, I'm going to give you the son of promise. I'm going to give you Isaac. Now, Abraham was 99 years old. I mean, there's some faith right there, amen? Abraham, you're going to be a dad, 99 years old. The Bible says Abraham and Sarah laughed at him. Sarah, now, hey, Abraham was like all men, amen? Because, because when God said, I'm going to give you a child, he didn't say nothing about his age. He said, Sarah's 90 years old. How's she going to have a baby? Amen. He was up to the challenge. Amen. But he said, ain't no way she can have a baby. But here's what I know. God said they were going to have a baby, and they had a baby. Amen. Because whatever God says is going to happen, happens. You can mark that down. You can claim. We, we live sometimes like we don't believe that. But I'm telling you, if God says it, you can bank on it. I believe that now. I, I hadn't always believed that. I say I do, but we don't live like we do, do we? Sometimes we don't. He said, you're going to have a son. He's going to be the son of promise. You're going to love him, Abraham. And I'm going to give him to you in your old age. And finally, Abraham believed God. In your notes, and let me give you a couple of notes today. It was built on obedience. The second note, we see immediate. I've already put that one up there, obedience when he left his homeland. We see immediate obedience when he separated. I think we've done that one. We see impatience and unbelief when God told Abraham that he and Sarah would have a son. But ultimately, we see obedience and faith. I like that because you know what that tells me? Is we're allowed to make mistakes. Amen. Aren't you... Aren't you glad that God lets us make mistakes? Hey, I, I really believe in this life that you have to make some mistakes to have great faith. You've got to go through those valleys, don't you? You've got to make some mistakes. Abraham made several mistakes. He wasn't perfect. He just had perfect faith by chapter 22. But he made mistakes. We all know that he, uh, Sarah told him she didn't think she could have kids, so she said, go, go in unto Hagar and y'all have a baby. And he did. He, he was impatient. Remember we talked about you got to have patience? He was impatient. I could have said he listened to his wife, but I ain't going to say that. Amen? <clears throat> That's probably a good thing most of the time. Uh, what else happened? Well, we see impatience, and he went in under Hagar. He did some other things. I, I think the last note under point one is Abraham made some mistakes, and at times he doubted. But ultimately, his faith grew through obedience and prepared him for the test that God had for him on Mount Moriah. He was ready for this test because he had a foundation of obedience over time. We all remember when he went down to Egypt. He sojourned to Egypt, and the Bible said that Sarah was a beautiful woman. And he told her, he said, hey, I want you to tell them I'm your brother. Tell them you're my sister and not my wife, or they'll kill me just to get you. Man, she must have been pretty is all I'm going to say. He said, they'll kill me. He said, so, so he basically deceived them, amen? And the Pharaoh got on to him and caught him. So Abraham wasn't perfect. He staggered. I know the Bible says Abraham staggered not, but, but I look at that and I say, man, it looks like he staggered to me, God. But you know what God taught me about that? 
is that when God looks at our life, He looks at our life as a whole. I believe that. I believe the reason He said in the Word that Abraham did not stagger is because overall, Abraham obeyed God more than he did not obey God. We all fail, amen, church? We all make mistakes. We all have problems. I think the key to life is just learning from our mistakes and not making the same ones over and over and over again and learning to obey God more than we don't obey God. I think that's the key to this thing of mature faith because we're all going to fail as long as we're in the flesh. Abraham was ready for this test in chapter 2 because in chapters 12 through 21, he had a strong, very consistent pattern of obeying God, trusting God. Oh, he failed him from time to time, but he always asked for forgiveness, learned from his mistakes, and then moved forward. Some are not good from that. Some of y'all learn from your mistakes. Hey, some, are even, some even do better than that. Some learn from others' mistakes. But some people have to learn from their own. I, I say it like this. they they got to go through the pain. Amen? If you have children, you know this. Some children learn from their siblings' mistakes. Amen? I remember one time seeing my brother get whipped by my daddy. I only had to see that one time. I didn't want none of that. Amen? I remember one time I got caught smoking a cigarette. And I've only smoked two in my life, and I got caught smoking one. And I was behind the filler bill in Pine Bluff. And I had bought my daddy a pack of Territon 100s. They don't even know if they make those anymore. Some of y'all raised your hand. Y'all still smoking them, amen? <clears throat> and I remember sneaking behind that store and lighting one up. I was only about eight years old. But the problem was, where I grew up, is everybody knew everybody. I hated that. Amen? Everybody knew everybody. And on about my second puff, when I started coughing, Jesse, the owner of the store, stepped out of the door and said, Hey, ain't you Charlie Fry's son? Oh, Lord, have mercy. I remember getting on my knees and saying, Please don't tell my daddy. I wanted to learn from my other from others' mistakes. Hey, are you learning from your mistakes or others' mistakes, or do you got to go through the pain? I think Abraham was a good learner. I think after he made mistakes, he didn't make the same ones over and over again. Abraham was ready for this test. He was ready for Mount Moriah, this ultimate test of his faith. The faith that he needed, church, in chapter 22 had been built in the previous 10 chapters. Listen to me. The faith you're going to need 10 years from now, God's trying to build in you today. The faith that you're going to need when that crisis hits, and it's going to hit. One day you're going to have your Mount Moriah. The question is, are you going to allow God to cultivate the faith you need when it arrives? Because the faith you're building today... Today, you're going to need later. And you're going to do it through how? Through obedience. Through an overall pattern of commitment. Through an overall pattern of learning from your mistakes. I believe that's how Abraham did it. If you look at his life, that's what happened. 
We must learn, like Abraham, to stay committed and stay obedient. Because one day we're going to need more faith than we have today. God knew that Abraham was going to need a much more mature level of faith in chapter 22 than he had in chapter 12. Some of you don't even know this, but five years from now, you're going to face your Mount Moriah and you're going to need a level of faith that you don't have today. God, help us to allow this process to grow faith in our life. Many struggle today. Their faith has no foundation They're not willing to get out of their comfort zone. They're not willing to separate themselves from things God wants them to separate themselves from. And their faith is shallow. And when Mount Moriah comes, they're not going to be ready. They're not going to be ready. Abraham's faith had a foundation, and it was obedience. It was obedience, church. Are you obedient today to God? Are you obedient to him? I think that's how you start building faith. Secondly today, your second note in the outline is Abraham's faith had a focus. It had a focus. He was locked in, man. Abraham's faith was focused on God. How could someone offer their son? Well, I got news for you. The reason he was able to offer his son Because he wasn't focused on the sacrifice. He was focused on the Savior. Amen? He was focused on the Savior. Hey, many of you in here today need to get your eyes off of your circumstances. Off of your problems. Off of your trials. Abraham was was excited this day about going to Mount Moriah. Not because he was going to slay his son. But he was excited because he knew God was going to do something great that day. He believed it. But we get so caught up in our life and in our problems and such a pity party sometimes that we can't see what God could do in our life. The Bible says in this great passage that right after God In verse 2, God said, I want you to take your son and slay. One of the things that always gets me about this passage is right after he told Abraham to go offer Isaac as a burnt offering, the next next verse says he got up early. He rose up early in the morning. Hey, it don't sound like he was too tore up about it, amen? The Bible says he packed his stuff and and got a couple of other lads with, with Isaac and said, hey, let's go. We're going to Mount Moriah. God told me to go there. If that had been me in this chapter, the next verse would have said it, and he argued with God. Amen? And he doubted God. And he said, God, why me? And he said, God, what are you trying to do in my life? God, he said, God, why would you want to do that to me, God? And he said, God, why am I going through this? Hey, can I get a witness? We've all been there. But Abraham didn't do that. I firmly believe that when our faith is perfected, when we get to a place to where we just trust God immediately, I mean, yes, well, whatever, Lord. Remember when Mary, when the angel came to Mary and said, Mary, you're going to have a baby? And she was a virgin. And she was like, the Bible said fear came on her. But then the Bible says after just a few minutes, she said, be it unto me, God. You know, I really believe studying the Bible 
doubt and fear and why me. I think all that's okay. God knows us. He created us. As long as it don't linger. Amen? It shouldn't linger in our life. If we're where we should be spiritually, those things shouldn't control us. We should get victory. Amen? The Christian should get victory over that stuff. We should be able to overcome our doubts and our fears. Amen, church? We should be able to overcome, hey, shallow faith with more mature faith. How are we going to do that? Well, we've got to be obedient and we've got to stay focused on God and not our problems, our trials, our situation. He didn't argue with God. He didn't say, God, I can't do this. He didn't question God and say, why me, Lord? Abraham was so excited that verse 3 says he got up early in the morning. You don't get up early unless you're excited. Amen? Come on. Some of y'all are not morning people. I can tell. I feel sorry for preachers sometimes, especially that 9 o'clock crowd. I love them, but God, help us. Man, they're not even, they need to wake up and have a little bit of life in them. I like the mornings. I like the sunrise. I like the beginning of a new day. But he got up early. Why? Because he was not, hey, not because he was excited to slay his son, but he was excited to see what God was going to do that he hadn't done yet. Hey, you want to know what living by faith is? You're either living by faith or you're living by sight. But I'm telling you this morning, church, listen to me, that great faith is when you and I learn to believe and see things that God hadn't done but believe what He's going to do. Amen? Hey, I'm telling you, that's what real faith is. i got to start believing that God, hey, i got to quit just living my life on what God has done for me. i got to start learning to live my life on what I believe God will do for me. I believe that God one day will heal my son. And i got to quit complaining about it and quit worrying about it. And i got to start looking into the future and saying, God, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I believe it's going to happen. Hey, i got to start believing it before it happens. That's what faith is. It's the substance of things hoped for. I'm hoping for this. I hadn't seen it yet, but I'm hoping for it. God, help me to live that way. Many of us have spent our entire Christian life living our Christian life on only what has happened. When God wants us to learn to live on what could happen. Amen? Some of y'all need more faith. God, I believe this could be accomplished. Lord, help me to claim it before it happens. Abraham done that in this chapter. Man, he claimed the victory. He said, me and the lad will go. And then he said, what? We'll come back. He told them, we're both coming back. I don't know how. I'm supposed to slay him, but we're coming back. Abraham believed it before it happened. I like that. God, give me that kind of faith. He had a focus. He was so excited that he got up early. The focus of his faith was not on the sacrifice. It was on the Savior. You see, Abraham trusted God no matter what the circumstances looked like. God had been faithful to him, and God has been faithful to you and I. We just need to trust him, don't we? And stay focused on him and not our circumstances. And God will do that in your life. He'll take an event, and he'll take you from shallow faith to mature faith. He'll use an event in your life to do it. My daughter's here today. Taylor's visiting. 
with her boyfriend, Nick. And I'm glad they're here. And I'm not like most dads. I like Nick. Amen? I like him. I pray. Well, Nick's like at the top of my prayer list. Amen? <laughs> Two things I pray for Nick. Patience. Amen. And Nick, I pray you got a lot of money. Just a lot of money. Amen? I don't know everything else about Nick, but I know he needs them two things. Actually, she's spoiled, and Nick, it's my fault. I'll just say it. Amen. She's the way she is because of me. But I'm glad they're here. I sure have enjoyed getting to know Nick. And, and Taylor, our daughter, when she was about 10 or 11, injured her leg, and there was a and we're hardcore. We took her home, said, you'll be fine. She actually had a hairline fracture. About three days later, we took her to the doctor. Amen? <clears throat> That's the way I was raised. You didn't go to the doctor. It had to be serious. My brother laid in bed with a broke leg for three days. My mom said, his leg's turning black. I think we need to take him to the doctor. But Taylor's like, my leg's hurting. I don't know what's wrong. Finally, a couple of days later, she's got a hairline fracture, and they found a bone cyst on her knee in almost the exact same spot that my nephew had that died of cancer. And I'm going to tell you, my faith was shallow that week. Man, I was saying, why, God? Now, they hadn't even done the test yet to see if it was malignant. They just knew there was a small cyst, a tumor-like thing on her leg. And I said, why me, God? Why us? What's going on? But I'm telling you, God gave me faith. And within two or three months later, you know what I told God one morning? I said, God, I trust you. No matter what happens, I just want you to know I trust you. You see, you got to get to that point sometime. Some of y'all got to quit looking at your trial and just look to heaven and say, God, I trust you. You got to quit looking at this bleak situation. Get your eyes off of it. And say, Lord, I trust you. I'm telling you, perfected faith is not easy. It takes obedience and it takes the right focus. What are you focused on today? What are you focused on today? Abraham's faith had a focus. The notes says his focus was on God and not his situation. On God and not his situation. The second note is this. His faith was in God's ability and not his own. Thirdly, our faith must be placed in an object or something. And it is dangerous when we place our faith in men, ourselves, or even in our own faith. Let me just say this as a footnote to the message today. Don't put your faith in a man. Amen. Your faith needs to be in God only. You see, I grew up in churches where people put their faith in a pastor, in a person. And while we can earn trust with people, I don't think we should put our faith in people to this extent. People will let you down, amen? God will never let you down. I tell my kids all the time, put your faith in God for two reasons. Number one, he'll never let you down, and I will. But number two, one day I'm going to be gone. God will always be there for you, amen? Hey, he had a focus, and it was on God. And I think your last, your last note, I don't know if we gave that, Abraham's faith was in God's ability to deliver him and keep his promise of the eternal seed that would one day bring a Savior. Abraham actually was prophesying 
in this chapter about what was to come in the New Testament. So what happened? Well, it had a focus. It had a foundation. And lastly today, and we'll be done, Abraham's faith had a finisher. Amen? It had a finisher. Over in the book of Hebrews, we won't turn there, but the Bible tells us that, that Jesus, though we're compassed with such a great a cloud of witnesses, that we can look under Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I got news for you. If you're a child of God, if you know you're saved and you've got a relationship with Jesus, if you'll follow him and, and you'll be obedient to him and you'll stay focused on that spiritual relationship and not your problems, he's going to finish you. He's going to finish you. He's going to ultimately perfect you. He's going to ultimately, the Bible says when we see him, we're going to be like him. Now that one does something for me. I don't understand that one. When we see him, we're going to be like him. And God says if we'll just do that because he's a finisher. He finishes. We must understand that our God is a completer. He's a finisher. He's a perfecter. And that's what he wants to do in our life is bring us from Haran and take us to Mount Moriah where we'll be willing to sacrifice and surrender and be perfected. Where today is your faith? Now, faith takes testing. It's got to be tried. You've got to go through some stuff, amen? We're all going to go through it. But are you going to pass the test? I love this passage because it is a picture of what was to come. And you pastors in here know that. Abraham is a picture of God, our Heavenly Father, offering his son. Abraham offered Isaac. We know that later God would offer Jesus. Isaac is a picture uh, of, of really two things, I think. Isaac is a picture of Christ obedient unto death. Abraham was over a hundred years old. Isaac, my guess is, was a teenager. Nowhere in this passage do you see Isaac resisting Abraham. Amen? The Bible says Abraham bound him. My thought is, as a 16 to 18 year old young man, if he didn't want to be bound, Abraham wasn't going to bind him. Amen? But I see Isaac putting his hands together saying, whatever, whatever, Dad. I trust you, Dad. Whatever you want to do, Dad. Because that's what Jesus did. Jesus said, hey, your will, not mine. Whatever, Dad. So we see a beautiful picture of Christ. And then my favorite, because it applies to us today, is Abraham was right at the point of, of slaying his own son. I don't understand that. And the angel of God said, no. Because you've not withheld your son, I'm going to bless you like you've never seen. Your faith has been perfected. And over in the thickets was a ram caught in the thicket. And God provided, didn't he? God provided. And if you look real close at that ram in that thicket, you can see Jesus with a crown of thorns. Amen, church? He's there. Jesus was there in Genesis chapter 22. A beautiful picture of perfected faith. 
beautiful picture of a man who obeyed God, who passed the test. A beautiful picture of a man who was willing to separate himself to God from things that he loved. A beautiful picture of a man who stayed focused on the Savior and not his sacrifice. And a picture of a man, you say, why would God ask Abraham to offer his son? Because God needed a passage in the Bible that would demonstrate what he was going to do for you and me. And Abraham passed the test. That's why he did it. Hey, where are you at today? Do you need more faith? I don't know about you, but I don't have that level of faith. But I want it. I want to get there, amen? Every head bowed and every eye closed. In this chapter, just a couple of days, or a couple, excuse me, a couple of weeks before Father's Day, just a couple of weeks before Father's Day, we see the faith of a father, a perfected, mature faith. The question today is, where's your faith? If you're honest today, would you have to say, well, Brother Butch, the fact is, is my faith is shallow. Man, I struggle with believing God. And it's more than believing God. It's actually giving God total control, no matter the outcome. My favorite definition of faith is faith is not believing that everything's going to turn out okay. Faith is being okay no matter how things turn out. Where are you at today? Maybe if you could say, well, preacher, my faith is growing. It's not... It's not at Mount Moriah yet, but it's growing. Well, hallelujah. Maybe you could say it's stronger than it was five years ago, but the fact is, the faith you need ten years from now, you're building today. Are you growing faith in your life? In just a moment, we'll pray, and if you need to come and just ask God to give you more faith, ask God to help you to get through the stuff and keep serving Him. Ask God to help you start believing things before they happen and not just what has happened. Hey, I would say to come and pray. If you need to be saved today, come. We'll take a Bible and show you how much God loves you. And if he's dealing with you today, then you're ready to be saved. He wants to save you. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this beautiful picture of you offering your son Jesus. God, as a father myself, I know I need more faith. Help me to have more faith for my wife and my kids. Help my kids to notice my faith. Not so that I can say, look at me, but I can say, look at Jesus. Give us more faith, God, as we embark upon these last days. We're going to need it. Help us, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. As we sing it.